1: This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy,
0: and you're listening to Too Scary, Didn't Watch.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary, Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies.
0: (gasps) I'm Sammy, and (gasps) I like watching scary movies. And I almost got confused and was going to say I'm also too scared because normally Henley would be second. She would be
1: saying that right now. We can hear it like the phantom voice (laughs) of hers in our heads. She's not here this week. She is not
0: here this week. We we miss her a lot.
1: She'll be back. She's with us in spirit for now. Did anything scary happen to you this week? You know, Emily, something scary did happen to me
0: this week. Oh,
1: my gosh. I hate to hear it.
0: Something actually scary. It was actually scary. And that is that I had to take my cat to the emergency vet. Ugh. Uh, He had been... Kind of dry heaving and seeming like he was choking for a couple days mm. And normally you're supposed to take him in right away when that happens
1: but <laughs> <laughs> No, with cats sometimes they're weird, you know And they go through little spells And yes, look, you're not a billionaire How could you possibly take your cat in every time they freaking sneeze?
0: Exactly, I'm waiting until it's really urgent yeah. And my indication of that was when he stopped eating Which is usually a big red flag And mm-hmm. especially for my my bunk Oh, he's a
1: big boy he,
0: he likes loves to eat. He loves to eat. It's his favorite, favorite time of day every <laughs> single day. So, yeah. So I took him to the emergency vet and poor little guy had to get x-rays and blood work. And they sedated him and, like, looked in his throat to see if anything was in mm. there. And it was he's fine. He's totally fine. It was very expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah. i love to spend a lot of money just to be told, well, you know,
1: he'll, it'll be fine. Yeah, just just, take, just keep a look. Keep an eye.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I'm happy that I took him because I was worried and it was, you know, worth it for my peace of mind yes. and better than the alternative where something would have been wrong and I wouldn't take him in, which I would never have forgiven myself for. So no, that's
1: true. That's tough.
0: I'm glad I did it, but it was stressful and scary, and he's got a little shaved arm now for where they took his it's blood. It's so cute and a
2: little, it's band, so a little bandage. <laughs> it's
0: so cute. Oh, my sweet little guy. He was so um, drugged up and really stumbling around the house mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. It was sort of really sad and really funny. Oh, my God. He, like, also got really food crazy at the end of it. Like, he, like, remembered food existed and was like, fuck, yeah. And he ate, I think, like, Mabel eats which he oh, doesn't yeah. usually eat like that where he was just trying to fit as much of it in his mouth as possible yeah, like, <laughs>
1: like so scared it, it the second he doesn't get it all in its mouth it's, it's gonna disappear yeah and no chewing no chewing straight breathing just like swallowing mouthfuls whole. And he I'm, was gonna get something stuck in his throat if he kept doing that exactly i
0: was like my dude this is we literally just went to the vet because i thought my you dude, had something in <laughs> my dude we
1: are we we're not doing this yeah 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 my this guy is,
0: not not a good time for this. This is a, a stressful situation for me to watch you do this. So I had to like have him take a bite and then physically pull him back away from his food bowl for to like force him to chew it uh, was very funny. But he's doing much better today and eating. He ate normally this morning. So.
1: Great! This is great news.
0: Yeah, yeah. So all in all, it, it all ended up okay. A happy ending.
1: Yeah, that is truly scary, though. It's very scary when you have to take your your animal to the vet for many reasons. Because you know, is something really wrong. Am I going to pay ten thousand dollars? But are both of those things going to be true? You know, it's it's really it's a lot.
0: It is. It's stressful. It's very stressful. But thank God it was okay. Thank God. I'm so glad. Um what about you Emily did anything scary happen to you this week?
1: Nothing quite that scary. Um I'll say in this moment I just recently cut my hair. I cut a lot of hair off my head which I love to do. You know I love to do it. <laughs> but I'm still figuring it out cuz it's been a long time since I had short hair and and I I also I like having short hair but I also always feel like I look like a little medieval page boy. Like but <laughs> I just feel like it's my me with short hair is always the exact size and shape of like uh like the page bo- like i i don't know i like like biblical drawings of like renaissance little boys you know mm-hmm. that's like how I, how I feel
0: sometimes i think of it as as a lord farquad from Shrek.
1: it's, it's exactly <laughs> Lord Farquaad. Uh, it also sometimes i feel like it looks like um like whenever in a movie uh, a woman like uses a sword to cut her hair off to be a yes, boy yes, it's yes. like that exact vibe on me mm-hmm, um but mm-hmm. i uh, really loving it uh <laughs> i'm figuring it out it's great it looks
0: great. I think it looks great. But there's always an adjustment period. You just
1: got to get used to it. Got to get used to it. Um, Thank you. But that but I, what I want to talk about instead of that, which I already talked about. So it's not instead. It's in addition to <laughs> in, a, in addition to what I'd like to talk about. um, In addition to that is last night, Joel and I watched a movie and we had been at dinner with friends the night before. And somehow, oh, oh a friend of mine just worked with someone, worked with the DP who, um, was a dp on a michael bay movie and was talking about how they Ambu- like
0: ambulance ambulance it Ambul- was ambulance LA. i'm seeing it this week i can't fucking wait okay
1: i can't <laughs> wait to hear about it um i'm okay yeah so here's the deal so they they, they worked on this michael bay movie and was like i lost all this equipment because they just like blew everything up uh, i mean obviously the, the production paid for it but it, you know that's michael bay and i realized in this conversation i haven't seen like any michael bay movies i think the only michael bay movie i've seen is the rock Um, Which is great and fun I think that's the only one I haven't seen Oh, the only one you haven't seen? Okay, well let's see if I'm you've seen this one that I'm about to talk about because Joel and I—I I was like, oh, I love action movies. Like, I know people really scoff at Michael Bay, but like, I love action movies. Like, and big explosions—that's fun. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. So Joel's like, well, this, there's this Michael Bay movie that I've been wanting to watch. I've never seen. It sounds super fun. Uh, it'd be like a fun, silly Saturday night movie we can watch. I was like, great. That sounds perfect. That's exactly what I want. The movie is Pain and Gain.
0: Yes. I was like, I hope she says Pain and Gain. I hope she says oh. Pain and Gain. <laughs> my
1: god it's his best work it's his best work sammy it's- i hated it like i haven't hated a movie <laughs> i i truly i i i felt <sighs> in the re I, it felt to me like how it feels sometimes when you describe a horror movie to me at the end of it i was sitting on the couch and i was just like i hated i i wish that's two hours of my life i will never get back and i am the worst for it like i was so fucking upset. I was so upset. I
0: have the opposite opinions. I think The Rock's performance in that is his
1: the best performance of today. OK, <laughs> uh, yes. The, I will say this. I will say this. The Rock is so funny in it. The Rock is so funny in it. But I hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Felt bad watching it. Felt bad afterwards. Felt bad this morning. <laughs> it makes me feel bad for several reasons. One, the real life story of it is insane. I can't like and bad and like these are like sociopaths but the movie goes I think 50% of the way there of being like it's a farce about these bad people and you should think that they're bad and we're like doing the thing like almost wolf of wall street vibes where it's like Mm -hmm. we're gonna pretend we're having fun but like actually you know that this is really fucked up and gnarly Mm -hmm. but except they're also like isn't Mark Wahlberg cool like the movie's also doing that and I was really upset by it because no first of all no he's not second of all no (laughs) these guys are not the only okay look we're gonna um I we'll talk about it later you and we will talk about it later (laughs) I just like I was I I was really upset by the things that happened in it I was upset by the treatment of the characters I was upset that this movie was made in 2013 and the characters and dialogue feel like this movie was made in 1990 like it aged aged quickly oh oh my god oh my god oh my god it was right. at, it had aged out in 2013 the also the only women in it are strippers which like i get is like the i've been also apparently michael bay but like the one actual female character they're just like look at this fucking idiot stripper the whole time even in the post credits where they talk about what happened to the real life people they make fun of her
0: i just don't remember the movie enough to to really get into the plot
1: of it with you i would never recommend (laughs) rewatching it to anyone but but you made me you should look uh, it's doing some things it's doing some things right i guess i i just like it just also and joel (laughs) Joel kept saying like i'm sorry this isn't what i thought it was gonna be i'm sorry like at first i think he really genuinely felt bad and he even said he was like are you gonna talk about this in the podcast I said yes. I absolutely am. And you know, body parts are getting separated from bodies, Sammy. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I but, don't remember uh, that. Yeah. Ooh, I got to rewatch this oh movie my God. because please, I, honestly, please I, I because been, I need to talk to you about it. I've been singing its praises,
0: and now I'm nervous about that.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe I, you know that we have different opinions about movies, so that's true. So I think I, I think that I have a stronger reaction to it than most people would. I do believe, and Joel and I even we were like really talking through it this morning, and it led to a whole conversation Conversation about like gender politics And toxic masculinity and the patriarchy And it was really interesting and like the male gaze And it, and you know so it, you know I do think I have a stronger reaction to it But um, I just want to say I fucking hated it I hated it so much it's one of the things I've hated The most that I've ever seen <laughs> and I really <laughs> I can't believe That that's true I can't believe I sat down And watch a fucking Michael Bay Mark Wahlberg movie and have, and have been like feeling like Absolute shit ever since <laughs> So please rewatch it and talk to me about it. Let me know if I'm crazy or not.
0: Okay, I will. I hope you recover quickly. I Thank hope you. it fades from your brain
1: uh, I hope really, so too. really, really fast. Thank you. I hope so, too.
0: And we'll talk about a movie that it, I think you're going to like a lot yeah, more. I think, I think maybe gonna, you already it, do like it a yeah, lot it's more. It's going to
1: be a better day for me, I think.
0: <laughs> Um, and that movie is What We Do in the Shadows. It was written and directed by Jemaine Clement and Taika Waititi, starring Jemaine Clement, Taika Waititi, Johnny Bruh, Corey Gonzalez-McCore, Stu Rutherford, Ben Fransham, and Reese Darby. And we have a guest with us today to talk about this film. He is the creator of the comic Poorly Drawn Lines. It is Reza Man. Thank you for being here, Reza.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: So freaking excited. Thank you for choosing this movie. I didn't know when you had chosen it that I would need it so badly, but I really (laughs) do need this today. So thank you. Um, But Reza, did anything scary happen to you this week?
2: Yeah, actually. And it's also cat related.
1: Oh, Um, no. Yeah,
2: so I have two cats and I just moved to a new apartment and one of them fell out of a second story window at this new apartment <gasps> oh, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> oh, no! this just happened a few days ago so i like i i'm like still moving furniture around and i had moved my kitchen table right up against one oh. of the kitchen windows which is like a oh, tall no. like horizontally opening window and i guess my one cat saw some birds outside and was like leaning up against the screen yeah. and it just like collapsed out and he just fell And I just, I was like, luckily in the next room when it happened, and I heard like a crash. And I, for some reason, I knew that that's what had happened, like instinctively. And I was like, oh, shoot. So I like, I ran into the kitchen and saw the screen was gone and the cat was gone. And I like ran out my back door and down the stairs. And um, I saw him kind of like in a daze, like on the ground um, with the wrecked screen and he was kind of like slinking around and there was a neighbor dog barking and making <gasps> him a little nervous and scared and they're, they're very much indoor cats so I was like yeah. I was like, alright this is kind of a bad situation and I didn't want him to bolt so I like walked slowly after him yes, to try yes, to like yes. make him not nervous Yeah, Smart.
1: that's what you gotta do you gotta be calm <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah and I ended up like basically slowly chasing him all the way to the laundry room like down the pathway at my apartment complex and finally managed to grab him and brought him inside and he was like kind of struggling. And then he started like scratching me right when I got him through the door. So I like had to like throw him into the kitchen and like slam the back door behind me. And for some reason it didn't even occur to me that he might be injured because I was just like, okay, cats are resilient. This is only from the second story. He's probably okay. And luckily he was, but like I did some reading on the internet afterwards and he definitely could have hurt himself, but fortunately he was okay. And he was just like a little bit dazed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just sort of like, wait, I was uh, upstairs and now where the hell am I? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was
1: going to I was going to say cuz I don't know where
0: I learned this, but I remember learning about terminal velocity specifically in cats and there's something about how <laughs> I don't know why they were using this example I but I
1: spit my coffee everywhere. <laughs> I could just sit as soon as you said that.
0: But there's something Cat about physics. cats cats falling from a Lower level is actually more dangerous because it doesn't give them time to relax into the fall. Like, (gasps) the reason they can survive from high falls is because they, like, know to relax their their muscles or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And so they can survive from, like, a nine-story fall easier than they can from a three-story fall. Yeah,
2: and from higher up, they they reach a point where they stop accelerating, basically. Yeah,
1: Yeah. they become this little shoop.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like a little feather, just like
1: like little flying squirrels. They open their legs and they just parachute down.
2: Well, apparently, the danger spot is floors two through seven. Oh, yeah. That is a
1: big danger spot.
2: I know, right? That's that's like how many people really live above the seventh floor? Like not that many. Not that many. But so yeah, I guess from floor two, he could have been hurt, but he was okay.
1: Oh, thank goodness. Phew.
2: I just like monitored him for a few days afterwards.
1: Yeah. That exact good. scenario happened to my boyfriend, one of his cats years ago that, um, yeah, did these, was like trying to get a bug or a bird or something and like went up to the screen and just went shoop, and the whole yeah. thing fell and fell out the so window. So I got to figure
2: out, I have to figure out how to like cat proof the apartment, I guess, because it's been. In Uh, LA, I I don't know if you guys are both in LA, but it's been, like, 97 the past two days. Oh, yeah. So, all your windows are open. Well, yeah, but now they're closed because I'm like, the cat's going to fall out the damn window again. (laughs) So, for the last two days, I just, like, had the windows closed and the fans on. um, And I've basically just been, like, sweating in here. The things we do. But I have a couple of balcony-level windows that are okay. Like, even if they got out, they wouldn't fall. So
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm just, like, just kind of figuring it out now, figuring out how I'm going to... I'm like looking around, looking at all these potentially dangerous terminal <laughs> <Yeah>. velocity windows. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Damn. Well, I'm glad everybody's cats were okay. I was going to say, scary week for, for our Scarier cats here. Scary week for cats.
0: Um, mm. And Reza, speaking of scary, what, what are your feelings on scary movies in general? Do you like them? Do you hate them?
2: So I wouldn't say I hate them, but I've never been a big fan of them um i think i had a few that like scared me really badly when i was a kid and then it just kind of put me off of them um i don't even know if i was that i wasn't like a little kid when i saw the sixth sense but i was like young enough Mm. to be like really scared by it um and I, i guess i had a pretty overactive imagination um for a for a young child and so i like totally imagined after that like I forget her name. It was the the girl from the OC, like coming out from under the bed and grabbing the shit That
0: part scared the shit out of me with her vomit coming out of her mouth.
2: Yeah. So, for like probably like a a few weeks after I saw that movie, I would like jump into my bed instead of like walking to it. (laughs) (laughs) And like jump out of it, like far enough so that an arm couldn't grab me.
1: Yeah. Like a good three feet. Yeah. Can you imagine? It must not, it doesn't, I don't think it happens. Often, but I can imagine nothing scarier than something grabbing your ankle. Do you know what I mean? One time, I backed up to my bed and I didn't know my cat was under it, and I like got her tail, and she freaked out and like grabbed my ankle, and I've never screamed louder in my entire life. Scared (laughs) the shit out of me. Like I, I lost it. And a human hand, get out of here.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's scary, and I mean, I guess that's what makes that movie so good is that you have these kind of like high concept horror stuff with ghosts and the supernatural, but then you have something as simple as an arm grabbing you, which is like very effective in that scene. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that that's one movie that I can remember really scaring me as a kid. Um, And then uh, there are a lot of like exceptions to horror for me. Like if anything involves science fiction, I'm usually down like, um, the first alien movie i don't know if you even class that as Mm -hmm. horror it's more like a slasher yeah oh it's so Mm -hmm. good Mm -hmm. i've really been enjoying raised by wolves lately which has a lot of like horror and thriller elements
0: oh i've heard about that i gotta check that out
1: and do you know is that like because do you think you're able to sort of disassociate in that like well that is another universe that's never going to happen to me or is it not even just like you're you're interested enough in the world to Get, I'll be okay with the scares that come with it. I
2: think I think it's the world. I think it's the world yeah. building and like sci-fi concepts just really interest me. Um, so I will like make an exception there, or like I was too scared to watch X Files as a kid, and then I became a big X Files mm. fan as an adult and yeah. went back mm-hmm. and finished the whole series. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I guess it's not that I'm like averse to horror movies, but then I know a lot of modern horror was res- like kind of relies on, like, gore and a lot of, like, human suffering, which still kind of affects me as an adult. Yeah.
1: Interesting. <laughs> You're affected by human suffering.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's
1: cr- <laughs> that feels crazy, <laughs> <healthy, laughs> honestly.
2: <laughs> um, so I, I remember, like, my friends describing, like, the hostile movies to me or, like, I, trying to watch the Saw movies and just being like, man, watching people get tortured was probably not my thing. But if yeah, if the sure. film has, like, a an interesting... Plot or concept, I like can't help myself, and I'll need to watch it, or at least at the very least, like read the Wikipedia summary to figure out what happened. We get it. Yeah, we well, listen it. to this podcast, I now, that, now that I know you guys are recapping stuff. <laughs>
1: there you go. That's what we do. And I, and like, can I say, if you don't like people getting tortured, I don't recommend. The Michael Bay film, Pain and Gain.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I, when you were describing that, I was like, I also remember seeing the trailers for that and thinking that it was some kind of a, a goofy heist comedy or something. But I guess it's a little bit heavier than that by the sound of it.
3: It's
1: We're not going to talk. We're not going to talk anymore right. about it. But just, you let's know... Just, you, let's just, you, just, just
2: drop Pain and Gain. <laughs> it. We're turning
1: over a new leaf. <laughs> we're turning over a new leaf. And that is sure. what we do in The Shadows, which I'm very curious why you picked... This movie in particular.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just really love this movie. And I think I, I really love everything that this this little group of New Zealand comics and filmmakers has put out over the last decade or so. Starting, yeah. With, yeah. starting with probably Flight of the Concords was my introduction <laughs> to them. Um, and then I think it was What We Do in the Shadows where I first discovered Taika Waititi. And mm-hmm. then going back, I realized that he'd actually written and directed several episodes of Flight of the Concords and that this this whole world of, like, Jermaine and Taika and Reese Darby is kind of this this New Zealand comedy troupe that's just been making a lot of stuff together. All the way up till um, now, I, I just finished Our Flag Means Death, which I found very delightful mm. and hilarious.
1: Oh, good to know. Yeah. They're
2: so great. They're
0: the best, man. I I love Boy and, and Hunt for the Wilder people. They, he... A, they just don't miss. They just, they just make don't a miss. lot. They make a lot of good
1: shit. It's also mm-hmm. interesting. I feel like this this can't possibly be true, but every person I know in LA, at least, who's from New Zealand, knows each other in a way and, like, and not, <laughs> I don't, don't know community. them through the same circles. It's like, everybody I know from New Zealand knows everybody else I know from New Zealand. And I, so it's like, it makes sense that all the best creators in New Zealand, as far as I know, know each other and make stuff together. Because yeah. I guess... I guess it's tight knit community. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: But then, in, in like a broader sense, I think I really love um, like horror send up or like lighthearted horror concepts mm. that are translated into comedy. Um, actually, I love it so much that my first graphic novel that I wrote is is about <laughs> a group of monsters: a vampire, a ghost, and a, a bigfoot type monster that live in a city together. And uh, this was like heavily influenced by what we do in the shadows.
1: Oh, so cool. Yeah. City monster. Mm-hmm. City monster. Check it out.
2: And yeah, I t- actually, I made the, I, I tried to like kind of replicate like an old timey universal monster movie poster for the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: totally. I mean, everybody should get to enjoy monsters. Monsters are cool.
2: Yeah. I also love Halloween. Like I just love spooky stuff. and But usually like fun, spooky stuff. It has a lighthearted, like the song Monster Mash. That's my shit.
1: that song is your favorite song
2: yeah it's my favorite (laughs) that's I listen to every morning when I wake up (laughs) oh favorite song (laughs) oh wow
0: well let me tell us a little bit about what we do in the shadows give you some stats Yes, Uh, it has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes so people agree we're in agreement here this is a great movie uh, seventy-six percent on Metacritic. It, that's still pretty good, though, for Metacritic. And Huge. seven point seven on
1: IMDb, which is good. Very for IMDb. high for IMDb.
0: Yep. Uh, the budget was one point six million, and it made seven point three million. It initially didn't do well in New Zealand, and so distribution to the U.S. was canceled, if you can believe it. Whoa and i guess they were able to like do screenings at festivals um in the us and they did a kickstarter fundraising campaign and that was like how they were able to bring it to the us and it's obviously like so interesting s- such a popular movie now and it just seems crazy that it ever wouldn't have done well like what
1: like it's what? so good yeah. when did it come out what year
0: oh sorry 14. um 2014. I did not write that down like a
1: freaking dummy. No, she's not a dummy. <laughs> I also didn't realize
2: that it had not done well initially, but I guess, it, I, I don't know, would it be considered a cult film? It feels like everybody who likes film has seen it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Certainly before the show was made, it was
2: more of a cult. Yeah. Thing. And
1: I feel like cult movies I think of
0: as like word of mouth type movies. Like it's kind of movie that people are just like talking about a lot. And I feel like when it yeah. came out, it was very much that. It was just like... Mm-hmm. You got to see this movie. It's so good.
1: It's so good. I haven't seen it in a while.
2: Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are going back to it now that the show is pretty popular.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the show is excellent as well. The show is also excellent. Love the show.
2: Yeah. And it was interesting. I also hadn't seen the movie in a while. So it was interesting seeing like it's not a direct remake or anything. It's it's like a it's a whole new story with a new set of vampires. But Mm -hmm. they they take a lot of the concepts and translate them over. Um, Or like a lot of the characteristics of certain characters are like brought over and combined into other characters.
0: Totally. Uh, It's the same world, but in Staten Island.
1: (laughs) Staten Island. (laughs)
0: Staten Island. They say it's so funny. Um, For this movie, they shot 125 hours of footage, most of which was improvised. And the process of editing it down to a 90 minute movie took almost a year.
1: Oh, what a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Editing that much improvised footage. Oh, uh,
0: and they said that the director or the directors, said that they are considering making all the footage available online so that fans can edit their own version. And as an editor, I'm like, that sounds <laughs> awful. Why would oh anybody God, want to do that? But wow. I'm sure people will. You know how people like edit down Lord of the Rings into like one shorter movie. I feel like some people, people do, do like do that? that. Yes, people do do it. And it. I feel like it just sounds so bad. And why? Why are we doing
2: that? <laughs> wow didn't like toby mcguire make a fan edit yes, of the yes, uh, yes. the three star wars prequels
1: yes
0: uh yeah
2: he
1: that's right that is
0: and correct. it's apparently like a
2: really popular fan edit
1: Hmm. wow that's very well i guess you know to- toby i get what well, you know you know when he's, he's got he's got money and time
2: probably you know <laughs> yeah. but like the rest mm-hmm. of
1: us wait come on what are we doing
2: Oh, wait, was it Toby McGuire or was it the, the guy from that 70s show, to- Topher Grace? Oh, I think it was Topher Grace. Get,
1: they get mixed up a lot. Oh, not Toby, Topher. It and you know Topher. what? My comment still stands. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense for Topher, too. So, Toby, if you want to, mm-hmm. I think you also can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Do it with the Spider-Mans. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, and then there's like some New Zealand, well, Lord of the Rings kind of based trivia that because Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand. Famously. So like- famously <laughs> the the building that is used for the exterior of the house that the vampires live in was peter jackson's office when he was filming oh, wow. Lord of the rings wow.
1: peter jackson working from a vampire house that's right
0: that's right <laughs> and uh the hill that the vampires run into werewolves on is oh my God, I forgot is about that. um where frodo and the hobbits are running from the black rider and hiding under the roots of a tree
1: and just, <gasps> i can picture it perfectly
0: mm-hmm, i can as well and then the last piece of trivia is uh, I just thought this was kind of funny. They lost a charred skeleton body during this shoot that they like throw <laughs> throw into the harbor for a funeral scene. The scene didn't end up in the film, but they didn't realize that it was drifting away. And it was so realistic looking that they had to send out a press release that in case <gasps> these like charred remains got found that it's a oh prop. Oh, my God. So
1: <laughs> I hope so. I, mean, I don't hope this would be bad. But imagine someone who's like, OK, this is my week to burn a body. <laughs> <laughs> anybody want to send out charred remains <laughs> that's the time so <laughs> good yes. cover good yes. cover <laughs> i've been waiting for this
0: perfect perfect way to hide my my body that i've been looking to dispose of yeah yeah
1: oh, i'll burn it perfect oh boy oh boy <laughs> Um, the, vampires are so fun. Do you know what I mean? Vampires I, like, are very fun. Give yeah, me a vampire fun. story. I just, I love all the different interpretations of vampires. Mm-hmm. I love the lore surrounding vampires. I just like, really, and I and I don't think I did. Pr- I know I didn't prior to this podcast and certainly not prior to my friendship with you, Sammy, and our friend Jenna. I've really gotten on board with vampires and um, boy, are they fun. Vampires,
2: yeah, they're th- the best. This is probably like the the most fun vampire movie because mm-hmm. vampires are always like cool and sexy and and yeah. like confident and I don't think I've seen a lot of interpretations of vampires where they're like kind of naive dorks. Which is
1: the yes. case with this movie. And yeah. like so from another time. Like I love mm-hmm. how, I mean, we'll get into it, but I love how much they play up that these are from, they're like, don't exist in this modern day reality, but they also do. Like even, you know, like in Twilight, which, you know, we love so much, uh, <laughs> they act like modern day people, even though they're from another time. And these guys just really don't. And I truly love it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. They're not,
1: not super trying to blend in.
0: they really
2: like um they really play up the concept of actually being that old of a creature and still (laughs) trying to like keep your shit together um Mm -hmm. and how that's that's probably not possible
1: yeah Mm -hmm. oh my god okay let's let's get into oh wait we got to watch the trailer let's watch this trailer let's watch the
0: trailer and then we'll get into it
1: okay i just got too
0: excited it's
2: been like this the whole time deacon on dishes, and it still hasn't moved in five years. You're a cool guy, but you're not pulling your weight in the flat. Oh, I'm glad to hear that I'm cool. No, that's not the point, though. You're yeah, missing no, I the know. Point. Not the know. flat meeting about how cool you are. When you get three vampires in a flat, obviously there's going to be a lot of
0: tension.
1: <laughs> Viago was an 18th-century dandy.
2: Look. A ghost car. Vladislav is a bit of a pervert. This is my torture chamber. The deacon's like the young bad boy of the group. I'm supposed to pay rent, but I don't. The trouble with being a vampire is you have to be invited in. Come in to the
3: bar. Please. Four is walking. Will you invite
2: <laughs> us in? We need some fresh blood. Hi, my name is Nick. I've been a vampire for two months. <laughs> My friend Rich is a bouncer. He'll invite us in. Gentlemen, you are most
3: welcome.
2: <laughs> Nick is so much fun. I'm a vampire. Vampire! Vampire! Such a dick. Oh. Nick, why don't you use the front door? Do you want to draw attention to this house, hmm? You've got a whole documentary crew following you around. You let a vampire hunt into our I house? I don't a minute, I just got my email. Don't don't... Ah! I'm gonna kill you! I'm already dead! You will not eat the camera
1: guy. Maybe one camera guy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, here's your leg. Wow. What ah, the <laughs> f*** did he do, Hey, that was... Don't swear. What are we? we not, not wheels.
0: When you're a vampire, you become very sexy.
1: God damn, it's so good. I need to watch it again immediately. I will probably watch it tonight.
2: (laughs) Man, I I don't know if we all watched the same one, but there was a lot of kind of spoilers in that trailer. There
0: often are. Yeah. It happens. It happens. But there is a lot of great accents also. Oh, Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. What a plethora of accents. I love it. I absolutely love it.
2: I'm glad that we still got a lot of the New Zealand accent, though. Like, yeah. uh, because the New Zealand accent is is just delightful, and like everything is funnier it's with so it. So fun! I know it really and is.
1: It's. I feel like it's a
0: hard one to do. I just so easily slip into that Australian accent, and yeah, I yeah. even New tell Zealand you is just difference. a little different. I remember once literally looking up a YouTube video of how to differentiate between the two, nice. and one of the examples they gave was the difference between the way they say pen and australian it would be p- pin pin
2: oh
0: and in news Z- new zealand it'd be pin pin,
2: pin. it was
0: like a, th- this this e sound pin, pin. i, I
2: mm-hmm. do remember in flight of the Concords there was a running gag yes. where people would call brett brit
1: mm-hmm. and that, that, i think he may be deed and their american friend be like maybe he did what no i think he may be deed maybe he, did, maybe he didn't i don't know god it's so good and that when um Aziz thinks that they're from uh, uh, Australia, and then they realize that he's from New Zealand. He doesn't hate them anymore. He's being like really racist against them because he thinks they're Australian, and then he finds out <laughs> they're from New Zealand. And uh, I think it's I think it's Jermaine who's like, no, they like, where's the car? And we're like, where's the car? And then, oh man, it's so so good. I freaking love Flight of the Concords. Oh my god! But I also really love this movie, and I cannot wait to talk
3: about it. Let's
1: get into it. Let's get into it.
3: That's a hundred dollars off and less than seven dollars per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com/2scary and use the code and password 2scary and grab six bottles for just thirty nine ninety nine. One last time, that's nakedwines.com/2scary code and password 2scary for a hundred dollars off your first six bottles.
2: Well, um, w- one thing that I realized rewatching this movie that I, I don't know if I realized at the time was just that there's not really like a central plot necessarily. It's more like a a central premise.
1: 125 hours of footage.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, and I guess that makes sense that I didn't know how, so how much of it was improvised, but it's more like right. a central premise with a bunch of little subplots extending off of it. Mm-hmm. The Subplots being like the individual desires and motivations of each of the main vampires. Mm-hmm. And it's also filmed mockumentary style, which I think the lack of a central plot kind of goes along with that, because it's more like we're just watching days in the lives of these characters. So the film starts off with kind of a a typical Hollywood wake up scene where an alarm goes off and a guy wakes up, except he's a vampire and he rises out of his coffin. Um, (laughs) And it's Taika Waititi playing um, Viago. Uh, is the name of his character. And then he basically like wakes up all his flatmates and we learn that there is these four vampires living together. And they're all kind of like old traditional vampires from the old world or the ancient world. Um, Teko Waititi's character is like 400 years old. Um, Jermaine Clement is like a, an 800 year old vampire type Dracula um. There's a character called Peter who's eight thousand years old, and he's <laughs> um basically Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. And then there's the young, cool, hip vampire who's 186 or something like that, and that's Deacon,
0: um, mm-hmm. who's kind
2: of like the cool bad boy of the group. The,
0: ba- the cool bad boy of the group.
2: Yeah. Ooh, that was I, good. That did.
0: was not great. but
2: <laughs> I, I feel like
0: I can only do Deacons. Other. What? What does Deacon say? I'm glad to see, glad to hear ah. you think that I'm cool. He's the cool <laughs> bad boy of the group.
2: Yeah, that's all you heard <laughs> in that conversation. <laughs> yeah, um, and one of the few actual like jump scare parts of the of the movie takes place right at the beginning when um, Viago goes to wake up Peter, the ancient eight thousand year old vampire who like sleeps in a stone sarcophagus. Um and he wakes up and kind of like jumps. There's like a little bit of a jump scare um, when he opens his eyes. I
0: remembered it scaring me the first time I saw it. I haven't seen this since it came out. And I in this scene, like the second I saw it happen, I started tensing. I was like, there's a scary part coming. I know. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> and the, actually, a, a, a few of the scares in the movie are centered around the Peter character, who mm-hmm. um, we mentioned how aging as a vampire is actually kind of addressed in an almost serious way in this movie. Like as they get older, they are less able to kind of control themselves. And Peter is basically like a feral animal at this point and doesn't talk. And he's just like this decrepit old, like uh, pale thing, living in a, in a stone sarcophagus.
0: And his makeup is like his, he looks scary. His teeth yeah. are gnarly. Yeah. And yeah, he's like yeah, very Nosferatu looking, and has n- not just like two vampire teeth. He has like a full mouth of fangs.
2: Yeah, he's, he's in, a, in a different movie, he would probably be a very scary character. Yes, I remember like him in, being in scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was scary. And um, so anyway, yeah, we meet all of these vampires. We find out that they all live together in modern day Wellington, New Zealand. Um, they've all arrived in New Zealand for various reasons. Um, we find out that oh, my cat's knocking stuff over. We find <laughs> out that that Viago came to New Zealand in the nineteen tens to pursue the love of his life, who um there was a bit of a mix up and he shipped himself or he had his familiar ship him in like a crate by sea to new zealand and he ended up taking 18 months to get there because his familiar put the wrong postage on the box so he totally missed the (laughs) opportunity to reconnect with the love of his life in new zealand so he just let her go um and now he just lives with his with his friends basically in this flat um and yeah so we find out that they basically they obviously spend all day sleeping and then at night they go out and try to be like cool, sexy vampires and, like, go to nightclubs and stuff. But the nightclubs that they go to, they either can't get into them or they can go to, like, this one really lame bar that vampires own so they can go to it. And it's, like, it's painted as this, you you think it's going to be this cool, like, True Blood-esque vampire nightclub. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it just turns out to basically be, like, a dive bar with a dartboard on the wall and nobody in there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love how in this movie it, they also like people are always calling out that they look crazy. Like they're they, <laughs> they don't know how to dress. They're four hundred years old, and so they wear like insane clothes, and people treat them like they're total freaks. There's yes. just so funny.
0: There's such a great scene of them not. Knowing what they look like because they don't have reflections. So like before, <laughs> before they go out to the bars, they have to do little fashion shows in front of each other. And there's like a scene where Vlad is trying something, uh, trying something on, and Deacon is drawing the shittiest picture of him and like showing, turning it <laughs> and showing it to him. Like that's what you look like. And yeah, they they're not inconspicuous at all. Like they go out in like huge furs and like top hats. It's so funny. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they, I mean, they look pretty good by, like, streetwear standards, maybe.
1: Yeah, oh, they'd be on the, like, watching New York Instagram account for sure. Yes,
2: yes. Fashion week, totally. For sure. But the, I actually really appreciated how much effort Deacon put into his drawings. Like, he -hmm. he really tried, even though he's not a great artist. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's all they've got. They can't, they can't look in the mirror, so they gotta rely on those drawings.
2: And they also aren't aware of, like, Um, digital cameras or webcams at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, That comes later. So Mm -hmm. they can't like look into a a webcam or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so we kind of like in the first half hour or whatever, we kind of get a sense of how they live currently, um, which is basically just being really out of touch and old and not understanding the modern world, but still trying to fit in. And they go out at night trying to find victims, which is their their relationship with their victims is like pretty horrific, but it's played for comedic effect. So like, there's one point where we see Jermaine Clement like trying to suck a woman's blood, and it goes. Oh no, it wasn't Jermaine; it was uh Tyka trying to suck a woman's blood, and it goes like horribly wrong, and there's blood all over the place. Um, and it's actually like very disturbing, but it's yeah. all played for for laughs, basically.
0: Yeah, he's he's saying how um he takes this woman home. And as they're chatting, like her thinking they're on a date and she's just like gone home with this guy and he's laying newspaper down on the ground around (laughs) her as they're talking. (laughs) He doesn't want to make a mess. And then he accidentally he's and he's asking her about herself. She's like, yeah, I've got this uh, trip planned to Europe. I've never been. And he's uh, I'm so excited. And you see like Viago looking really sad to hear (laughs) this. And he's like, oh, Okay, well, and then he pulls her hair back and and bites her neck and hits the main artery and it just sprays blood everywhere and it is like horrifying, but it also it yeah it is very funny. It's, it's just yeah. she's just bumbling and f- failing at being a vampire often, and I feel like they're, yeah they're just not they're not the cool slick vampires. Is is yeah exactly. they're not
2: they they mess up a lot Mm -hmm. but then another funny part of this world is that the the general public seems like blissfully unaware of even the weird things they do like for instance that his date when he's laying the newspaper down is just like completely unaware that anything (laughs) bad is gonna happen (laughs) which is like another thing that plays in it plays in with like a few members of the public interacting with them and they just for some reason all of the weird things they do kind of go over everybody's heads Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why vampires can still exist in secret in this world, is because people at large seem a little bit dumb mm-hmm. um, in this universe.
0: And we're all in our own worlds, you know? Yeah, but nobody's, like like nobody's <laughs> expecting them to be vampires. Why would they be right. expecting that?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we we get a sense of their of their lives as they've been living them for, like, I don't know, since the nineteen early 1900s when they came mm-hmm. to New Zealand. Um, and then we meet um, Jackie, who is Deacon's familiar, a familiar being like a vampire thrall, basically a servant to a vampire who's, who is serving the vampire in hopes that they get turned into a vampire themselves and gain immortal mortal life. Um, so Jackie is like this um, mother of two kids, just kind of like an, an ordinary New Zealand woman who she, she like is very um, deadpan and plays the character really straight. Like she's, she completely overlooks all the horrific and terrible things that they do because she also wants to be a vampire. Um, And she basically has to like clean up the gore from their murder scenes and try to find victims for them. Um, So one of the plot points comes in when they ask Jackie to find two virgins for them. Um, And she supposedly finds two virgins who are, one of them is her ex-boyfriend and one of them is a, a girl who like made fun of her in primary school. So she almost <laughs> finds people who she doesn't like very much and won't miss when they eventually get killed by the vampires. <laughs> it's um, a smart way to so, play it. <laughs> yeah. So those are the two people she picks. And then she brings them to a dinner with the vampires. Um, and at one point, I guess they turn uh, the guy's spaghetti into worms. So, like they hypnotize him. And that's, we see one of their vampire powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy's name is Nick. And he. I guess eventually they they all turn on him and they start chasing him through the house after the dinner. Um, they kill his friend and they chase him. And that's like another one of the semi-scary parts of the film. Like mm-hmm. again, in a different context, it would be a scary movie. It's It's like they're chasing this guy through this dark house and it's only filmed by like a single cam um, mockumentary style camera so it feels kind of blair witch-esque or something
0: right it's like very frantic and something scary is happening each way he looks
2: it's like very disorienting and he's just like panicking more and more and then eventually you think he's going to be scot-free and he like gets out of the house and then peter the eight thousand year old vampire feral vampire comes out of nowhere and and tackles him and it's like end of scene and all the other vampires are like oh no peter got him like their fun is ruined because peter Mm -hmm. got him
0: one of the things one of the things he sees when he's running (laughs) he like (laughs) looks in one of the rooms and there's a cat meow and he sees a cat with jermaine clement's face and there's like a little mention of it earlier that uh vladislav is his character's name that his powers have been dwindling a bit since since uh his confrontation the with the beast. Yeah. Yeah. And so his his powers aren't strong. Like they were like he used to be able to turn into animals and now he just can't really get the face right anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this shot of a cat with a human face and it's oh man, it's very funny. It was a
2: great little set off set setup and payoff, yeah, especially exactly. because the the cut to the cat with Jermaine's face is like very brief. And it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. a total laugh out loud moment yeah um um, so so yeah that that's the end of the scene there nick gets killed both of the um virgins who actually aren't turn out to not be virgins who jackie brought to the vampires they both get killed um but then later on like it's it's like two months later or something like that um Mm -hmm. and it's revealed that nick the guy who came to the dinner and was supposedly killed is actually alive. And that Peter, the ancient vampire had just turned him into a vampire. And that introduces one of the points of conflict into the film, which is that Peter also turned Deacon, like the young, cool rebel vampire into a vampire. So he's kind of like Peter's father figure or whatever, and or Deacon's father figure. And now Peter has made a new vampire who's like even younger and cooler. Um, <laughs> Nick is like this cool, hip, young guy who, like, goes to clubs and stuff. And so there's some tension.
0: Younger, cooler, batter.
2: Yeah, exactly. So Nick is now, like, this two-month-old vampire. He's the youngest vampire in the crew. And um, the the crew kind of, like, accepts him and lets him live in the house and hang out with them. But he starts being able to get them into all the bars and clubs in Wellington that they've been wanting to go to. <laughs> because you have to be invited into the club as a vampire. You have to be invited into whatever buildings and so he gets invites in and so there's like a bunch of tension with deacon being like oh i'm not the cool one anymore like this this cool guy is getting us into clubs now but but the problem with nick is that he's going around bragging about being a vampire to everybody because he's just kind of like won't
0: won't shut up about it
2: yeah he's just kind of like brash and arrogant and he's like telling everybody he's a vampire drunkenly um and he tells one guy he's a vampire and the guy's like oh i'm a vampire hunter And we don't really think anything of it, but then that sets up another plot point later, um, which is that at some point, this vampire hunter shows up and actually manages to kill Peter, the ancient vampire, um, by opening a window and burning him with sunlight. But the vampire hunter also gets killed when Peter pushes his sarcophagus lid onto him and crushes him. So Peter has like one last moment of badassery and then the vampire hunter actually ends up killing him. And then all the other vampires... Are very angry at Nick, the young vampire, for getting their their old friend killed. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And Deacon especially takes it very poorly. And then Deacon and Nick start fighting. Um, and then there's a funny scene where the police show up, and they they're like responding to a domestic disturbance. And Viago <laughs> has to hypnotize them so that they don't notice anything is wrong. And then they end up like walking around the house and seeing all these weird things, but they just they can't actually acknowledge any of it because they've been hypnotized.
0: They keep like almost <laughs> calling it out and being like what's what's this over here what's this over <laughs> yeah. here and they're like uh, over a dead body or like the burned bones and they're like this these are these cans of paint don't have lids on them that's a fire hazard that's they'll find <laughs> yeah. like something else in that area that they're looking at a lot of fake outs cuz uh Viago's nervous cuz his powers of hypnosis aren't as strong or whatever.
2: Mm. Yeah. And then yeah, so they basically they they keep hinting like they're gonna see something out of the ordinary, but it's always just like a safety violation. <laughs> like they they you think they're gonna notice the vampires floating in the corner of a room, and then they're just like, hey, there's no smoke detectors in here. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> and apparently these two characters. I have like a spinoff TV show called Wellington Paranormal, which I had oh, heard yeah. of and I
2: didn't That's fun.
0: realize that that was what that show was based on. So now I'm going to have to watch that show.
2: Yeah, there I think there were a couple of like proposed spinoffs. That one actually got made. There was another one called We're Wolves based on the werewolves in this mm, film. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I was going
0: to ask about that. Is that still happening? I tried to
2: from what look. I saw. It, it's it still was listed like still on there. in production. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's been stalled or something. And I think there's something about Taika and Jemaine saying that they've, they've, it took them like ten years to make what we do in the shadows, so mm-hmm. maybe it'll take like another ten to make like a follow up film to it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll see that at some point. But that's another thing I, I forgot to mention is that like maybe halfway through the film, we're introduced to a group of werewolves who also live in Wellington. On that um, hill from
0: Lord of the Rings. Not very yeah. hill.
2: <laughs> and they're they're led by Reese Darby, uh, who's the alpha wolf of the pack, <laughs> and uh, who is very funny. And he's they're they're not like the like, they're werewolves who are trying not to be werewolves, basically. Like, they're not aggressive. They try not to swear. Um, they try not to get into fights. Yeah, we're in Where? the trailer.
1: We're werewolves, not swearwolves. We're werewolves, yeah. not swearwolves. Not swearwolves.
2: <laughs> and it seems like Reese Darby's character, Anton, is, is like trying to get them to be more civilized, basically, or like not <laughs> randomly kill people. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're introduced to them like earlier in the film, then they come back later on.
0: There's also, Nick has a friend named Stu that we meet. (laughs) Oh,
2: yeah, of course, (laughs) Stu.
0: (laughs) Who... He like he, it's like Stu doesn't know that I'm a vampire yet and really sucks cuz like I really want to eat him now but he's my best mate. <laughs> There's a lot of like to camera confessionals of him working through his friendship with Stu and how they're going to handle it and eventually he has a sit down chat with Stu where he comes clean and it's uh very funny and Stu was he's not an actor it's just a guy a guy that um they cast or i don't know if he was just friends with them or something but he really was just a guy that worked in like computers and that's his job in this movie and he's so funny in it oh man yeah i love that even funnier of a performance to know that he is just a truly like a computer software guy <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> oh, i love it some of the funniest interactions in the movie come or like from Stu, because he's once Nick becomes accepted into the household and reveals everything to Stu, Stu becomes accepted into the household as well. Mm-hmm. And he basically plays the role of like younger guy who introduces all the vampires to technology. Um, so he like shows them digital cameras and YouTube and they're able to like watch the sunrise on YouTube, which is something they haven't seen since they turned into vampires. (laughs) Um, And there's actually like a very cute relationship that they have with Stu where they kind of see him as like a a little brother or something and all of them agree not to eat Stu Mm -hmm. and they're all just very sweet to him. Um, I think one of the funniest scenes was when Nick is talking to Peter in his sarcophagus and outlining his relationship with Stu and the fact that all the other guys have agreed not to eat stew and that like he knows it's wrong to have a human in the house but he's wondering if Peter could just be chill with it and not eat <laughs> stew and Peter has no dialogue in the entire movie and the one time you actually see him like acknowledge a conversation is that When Nick's, like, very sweetly, like, can we just please not eat him? He just, like, nods. Like, (laughs) a little nod. And, like, that's the most communication we get from Peter basically. But it's just, like, it's funny seeing this, like, ancient feral vampire totally acknowledging and also being, like, agreeing to be sweet towards Stu. Amazing. Um, Who's just, like, this very soft-spoken nice guy um, who's also totally accepting of all the vampires. So, yeah, Stu, he's, he's probably one of the funniest characters just because of how understated he is. Yeah, he's the best. So, yeah, after the whole confrontation between Nick and Deacon over Peter's death and the police come, the police leave, and then there's a time skip. Oh, and they they all agree to banish Nick from the house for, for telling people he's a vampire and getting Peter killed. So mm-hmm. Nick is banished. Um, Stu can still come over when he wants to. Um, <laughs> but then there's a time skip and I think it's like a, f- a few months later and the vampire house gets an invitation to something called the unholy masquerade, which mm-hmm. is like a big um, meeting slash, like fancy ball for all of the undead in Wellington. Um, and I realized that the Unholy Masquerade is actually teased really early on in the movie. There's like a little... I think little... it's the
0: script that comes up right at the beginning. There's like yeah, some exactly. little introductory text that's like, this yeah. camera crew got unprecedented access to a secret society before the Unholy Masquerade.
2: Yeah, exactly. But then we don't hear anything about the Unholy Masquerade until like, again, until the last third of the movie, basically, which again goes along with like, it, you think that's gonna be the plot of the film, but there's really mm-hmm. there's really not a plot. It's just like people having their own little um dramas throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. So but then we find out about the Unholy Masquerade again, like in the in the last act of the film basically. And uh they're all excited except for Vladislav, who was expecting to be the guest of honor. And I should point out that Vladislav is basically like supposed to be Dracula. He was mm-hmm. like this um medieval tyrant who became a vampire and... He's called Vlad the Poker as opposed to Vlad the Impaler Um, (laughs) because he he pokes people. Uh, There's a really funny scene where Stu shows him Facebook and he finds out about the poke function and he's like, yes, Yes. let's do that. Um, But anyway, he's he's like really expecting to be the guest of honor at the uh, Unholy Masquerade. But then he finds out that the guest of honor is in fact going to be his nemesis, the Beast, who he had some great confrontation with. Um, many years ago, and since that confrontation where he lost to the beast, he's not been the same. He can't do the faces right on animals anymore, <laughs> um, and, and so he's like gets really depressed. And while the other guys are getting ready for the ball, he basically like sinks deeper and deeper into a depression. And we see him like age really badly, and like all his hair starts falling out, and his skin turns gray, and his nails get really long. And he's kind of starting to turn into what Peter looked like, like a mm-hmm. Nosferatu type vampire. It's like he's he's losing the the will to hang on to the afterlife, basically. And so they they go to the ball without him.
0: They try to they try to convince him to come, and he says, "Leave me to do my dark bidding." And they're like <laughs> they're like what? And he's bidding on eBay, and they're like, "What are you bidding on?" And he's like, "It's a table." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: that was a pretty good, pretty good little joker there.
0: Um, <laughs> they really got me. Leave me to do my dark bidding on this table.
2: <laughs> but yeah, they leave him to do his dark bidding and they go <laughs> off to the ball. And at the ball, they run into Nick and Stu. Um, Nick, being the bad boy rebel that he is, has brought his human friend Stu to a party where humans are not allowed. And. Um, And nobody realizes that Stu is a human. They think he might be a male witch or something. So they kind of give him a pass (laughs) until um, we meet the beast, Vladislav's great rival, who turns out to be his ex-girlfriend, Pauline. Um, (laughs) And she's there with her new boyfriend, Julian.
0: (laughs) I thought her name is Pauline.
2: Yeah, Pauline and Julian. like The most (laughs) (laughs) most, unassuming names. And they're like these old vampires um and she's the guest of honor and she kind of picks up on the fact that stew is a human and then everybody else at the party which includes also includes like werewolves and zombies uh and witches Mm -hmm. start to realize that stew is a human and this party starts to like get kind of scary for stew as all the undead Decide that they want to eat him, and also the human camera crew who the Vladimir <laughs> Vampires have brought with them. Which is throughout the entire film, there's a human camera crew following them around. Mm-hmm. Like, it definitely break, it, it acknowledges that there's a documentary going on. Like, there's a documentary crew following these guys, including to this top secret meeting of the Secret Society <laughs> that they're not allowed to be at. Um, and so, like, the tension rises at the ball as all of the undead start to turn on the humans and, like, slowly approach them and menacingly. And then it seems like it's probably going to be over for Stu. And then Vladislav shows up out of nowhere and stops everybody. And he's he's dressed very decadently in like oh, an all man. white suit with a white top hat and a, and a mask. And, <laughs> or no, he's not wearing a top hat, but he has his hair done up like Gary Oldman in yes. um, Dracula. I tried to, like to the... look up
0: what that hairstyle is called because yeah, it must like have a, a name.
2: Bump? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like two, weird.
0: two. Yeah, you know, those like bumpets that you can make your little ponytail really oh, big with. Uh-huh. It's like two little bumps on his head. It's yeah. so funny. He struts in like he just is really feeling himself and he looks... Incredible.
2: Yeah, he looks incredible. He's gone from like aging really rapidly to I guess he he got his groove back and he struts in looking like himself again. Um, and then Pauline's like, "Who the hell are you to stop me from eating this human?" And then she like doesn't recognize him, and he's like, "You don't recognize your past lover?" And she says some name like like. Patrick or something? And he's like, no. Like, five years before that. <laughs> so <laughs> she has a lot of ex-lovers. And then he, like, struggles to take his mask off to reveal who he actually is. And he finally does. He's like, I am Vladislav. And so he's there. Um, And then, I don't remember exactly. I think he, like, gets into a fight with her. Yeah. Know, he gets into a fight with her Her new boyfriend, yes. Julian. Yes. Who, like, steps up. and um, And then they're about to, they're, like, facing off and about to start fighting. Um And the whole unholy masquerade is going to descend into chaos, and then out of nowhere, Stu steps up with a flagpole and like impales Julian the new boyfriend through the back <laughs> with this flagpole and kind of saves Vlad from getting into a fight um and I guess yeah, I guess Vlad was like on his back about to get killed by Julian, and then Stu totally saved him, which was pretty badass for mm-hmm. like the only human at this at this party full of mm-hmm. powerful monsters, and I guess they all just flee from there they flee, yeah. Yeah, they flee. They run to what looks very much like the hill from Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. uh, where they run into the werewolves again. And the werewolves, being like, they're trying again, they're trying to be responsible werewolves. They're all busy chaining themselves to trees (laughs) as they're about to transform because it's the full moon. Um, They're chaining themselves to trees, and Reese Darby is there, like directing the whole thing. And he's getting really annoyed with them because several of them have forgotten to wear their. Track pants, which would give them <laughs> enough room for their legs to grow into. And instead, they're all wearing like skinny jeans. And he's like, Those jeans are going to be destroyed after this. They're
0: going to be ruined. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be ruined.
2: And he's just doing his typical Reese Darby. Like, I'm not even going to try to do the New Zealand accent, but he's just like very, like, he, he's playing the doting, like, parent of the group, basically. And he's like, You guys have messed up. Like, I'm really disappointed in you. Um, and he's like, swearing because he's stressed out. And they're all like, I thought we weren't swear wolves. <laughs> oh, so good. So anyway, they but then they're interrupted by the vampires. And so none of them actually successfully chain themselves to the tree. And then as they're kind of like getting into a face-off with the vampires again, uh, they all start to transform and they all transform into werewolves. And it's a really scary scene because the werewolves are actually apparently very dangerous when they're in their werewolf state. And the vampires have the human camera crew with them and they've got Stu with them. So there's a lot of people in danger here and they all run and again, it's like another Blair Witch-esque like, running with cameras and like little flashes lighting up the scene. Um, they're all running from the werewolves and then Stu gets taken down and is killed by the werewolves apparently and disemboweled. Mm-hmm. Um, and the vampires manage to escape but Nick is, is very bummed out because he's just seen his best friend be killed by werewolves. And then there's a, a nice moment of character growth where Deacon, who has been like... Um, like in conflict with Nick since Nick's introduction as the cool new vampire sits down with Nick and tries to comfort him about his friend having just been killed and and we're like oh okay Deacon Deacon has some like growth potential here and he's like trying to be the nice responsible older vampire to Nick now but then the way that he tries to comfort him is like very graphic and vampire-esque. He's like, (laughs) he's like very stark. He's like, this is just what it's like to be a vampire. All of your friends die. Some of them brutally, some of them in horrible murders. And that's just it. But he's like saying it in a very sweet, like parental tone of voice the whole time. And I guess he kind of comforts him.
1: (laughs) It's also just such an interesting thing. Like, I feel like this movie does such a good job of just, especially when you know it's improvised and they had so much footage I'm, I'm going to sound like such a fucking loser right now Talking about improv but but The I, the whole deal with improv the, of a, the base level of an idea is if this is true What else is true and so they just go like Okay great vampires in society if that's true What else is true and just being like Oh yeah if you're a vampire and you're alive for a really long time You're going to watch everyone you know die Like you're just yeah. over mm-hmm. and over And over and mm-hmm. over again And just like I love how they put Every single piece of that puzzle into this movie in su- In such a good way yeah. Because it's true. Just like, oh, yeah, you better get used to watching people, you know, die because that's going to happen totally. to everyone,
2: you know. For for a comedy, it really does get into some of the more unfortunate aspects of what being a vampire would be yeah. like, like losing control of yourself as you get older and watching all your friends die. Like, there are some mm-hmm. really somber moments where they they present very starkly what the life of a vampire would actually be, like, growing out of touch with society and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um which we get some hints of in other movies. I'm thinking of like only lovers left alive. There's kind of a thing there where they're, they're like losing touch with society as they've gotten older.
0: Mm. A immortality would suck. yeah, for a comedy, suck. this does that.
2: Yeah. So it's, so it's interesting seeing those more um, serious or like somber moments, but they're still played for laughs in a lot of cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It ends with Stu being like, or with uh, Deacon being like, If I know Stu, like, this is probably how he wanted to die.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just like brutally murdered in a field by by, by werewolves.
0: Just disemboweled by werewolves. Uh, This is probably how he wanted to go.
2: Oh, poor Stu. Um, (laughs) But then there is, I believe, another time skip after that. Yeah. And there's like a knock on the door like several months later. And we see Nick and Stu at the door. Viago um, answers at the door and sees naked Stu and he's very excited to see Stu alive. And it turns out that Stu actually did not die. He was just turned into a werewolf by the the nice group of werewolves. Um, and so, he's one of the werewolves now and he has like cool scars on his face. And I think Jermaine says that he looks like a seal. Just kind of
0: funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's a funny reenactment God, funny. too of like what happened. Like takes us back in time to see uh, uh, Stu's transformation and like what happened. And it does that kind of um, slower black and white footage. Like a and it says reenactment underneath yeah. it. It's just like a very funny little documentary style. Take us back to how it happened. Mm-hmm. It's very funny.
2: So, yeah, we find out that Stu is, in fact, alive and is now a werewolf, and everybody's very happy. Mm -hmm. And I guess this whole last sequence kind of plays out like an epilogue of sorts. We Mm -hmm. find out that Stu is alive. We find out that Vladislav and Pauline have gotten back together, Um, (laughs) but they've unfortunately fallen back into their old ways again of, like, like a a love-hate relationship where they go from, like... Yeah, tumultuous. Their their lovemaking turns into like fighting really quickly. Um and they're like at each other's throats. So that probably won't work out for them. Um, <laughs> but we we also find out that um Viago, who earlier in the film was able to track down his his long lost lover who he originally came to New Zealand from, I think he found her through Facebook or something when Stu shows them the <laughs> internet. Um, and he finds out that she lives in this retirement home in Wellington, and she's like 90 now or something. 96. 96, And throughout yeah. the film, after finding out about that, he's been going and standing outside her window and looking up at her um, secretly. And in this epilogue, he like, finally enters her apartment and reconnects with her and brings her flowers, and they like fall in love again. And he turns it her into a vampire. And so now he has like this 96 year old girlfriend. Um, God, and he looks, so he looks like he's 30 or whatever. And his girlfriend is 96. And There's a a joke where he's like, I know that some people would frown at the age difference, (laughs) me being three hundred and ninety and her (laughs) being ninety (laughs) six.
0: They can call me Cradle Snatcher all they want. I don't care. We're in love.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, we get like a throughout the film. That's kind of been um, Viago's personal conflict is that he lost his love long ago and he's been pining after ever since. So he gets a happy ending with her um Vladislav gets a a somewhat happy ending with his (laughs) ex-girlfriend um Stu gets a happy ending because he's alive and gets to be a uh, (laughs) a werewolf now nick is happy because his best friend is still around and uh deacon i don't know if he really gets like a a happy ending but i think the like the resolution for him is that he learns to be kind to nick basically and be like um uh, more of like an older brother or something rather than a mm. rival.
0: Yeah, and there's like yeah. a a new uh, truce kind of between werewolves and or this group of werewolves and vampires too. Stu brings over <laughs> yeah. Stu brings over all the werewolves from earlier, Reese Darby and all of them and. They come inside and say, you know, at first it was hard and gross. They smell like dogs, but we opened the windows and the smell eventually <laughs> went away. And so they can all be friends. And yeah, it's a nice... And it's very
2: appropriate that it's Stu who bridges the gap because everybody mm-hmm. loves Stu. Yeah. <laughs> and so
0: he like... <laughs> He's so funny. He also does Stu... He, he, Stu does have some lines, but he is so um, straight-faced in all of it. And it's his character is just so funny. I, it just... Yeah. It's it's perfect. It's perfect that everybody loves Stu because he's very much just kind of like there in the corner being like, hey.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I also started to pick up on the... the What I think might be my theory is that they based the energy vampire in the show slightly on how Stu would describe the work he does. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Because he's like very boring mm-hmm. and deadpan mm-hmm. about He's like, I'm yes. software engineering or data analysis and and it's like everybody could couldn't care less about what he does when he describes it to them and i i kind of feel like they expanded on that gag to make the energy vampire in the show because otherwise i'm not sure the energy vampire has no basis in in the movie yeah no i think
0: you're right that makes a lot of sense i bet that i bet that they did incorporate that for sure
2: (laughs) yeah um so yeah there and i i think there's also a post-credit scene which I didn't, I didn't realize it was there. And then I read on Wikipedia: there's a post-credit scene where hmm. Deacon tries to hypnotize the audience into forgetting everything oh, they've just seen in I the didn't, movie.
0: I didn't watch that far, so I missed it as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, me either. And That's fun. I, I still have the rental for another 24 hours, so maybe I got to go back and watch it. But <laughs> yes, and that uh, that basically wraps up the film. I don't, I don't know if I'm forgetting anything that else. Does, but yeah. That
0: does that does make sense because they gave away a lot of secrets of this secret society so a lot <laughs> <of> the <secrets. laughs> so they would want to make Witness us some forget. murders yeah. a, lot, a
1: lot of stuff yeah
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah and the again mm. just just leaning into the fact that it's it's a documentary and it's like acknowledged throughout the entire film that there's a camera crew there which is like pretty funny it's so funny i love mockumentary style stuff i know it's been overdone at this point but good mockumentaries are are just wonderful
1: yeah when it's done well it really it really works
2: i feel
0: like this was like one of i mean i don't know was this one of the earlier ones i feel like
2: it was 24 i think the office had been on for a while before that's true
1: and the british
0: office even was
2: before that
1: i don't think it was as pervasive yet it was like there there had been those successful ones but it wasn't
2: the sort of thing where we were like
1: okay i get it
2: yeah it was like and then it hadn't really been done very much in popular movies and since maybe like best in show and mm-hmm. this final tap oh, and those like older like so rod fun. reiner
0: movies also so which good, are, which are very hilarious yeah. yeah so good
2: i i was a fan of Shits creek for a while so seeing like young gene levy um mm-hmm. and katherine o'hara in mm-hmm. best in Show is was very entertaining seeing them as yeah. a couple <laughs>
1: so good oh my god so good oh wow this oh wow i you know what this was such a delight this was so much fun <laughs> so fun to revisit this i rarely feel this light on my feet after the recording of an episode of this podcast (laughs) did i watch pain and gain it's evaporated from my brain it's It's evaporated from my brain it's all what we do in the shadows (laughs) i am thrilled what a
0: delightful film and yeah i think it's one that listeners i think you could i think you could handle it it's a oh yeah a great a great horror comedy that is not too scary
2: Truly, yeah, truly one of the, the very best podcast. Making a, an exception for a, a more lighthearted film here, and we I, appreciate all it as go well. go into the, the scarier stuff, but yeah. And honestly, um, seeing some of your recaps now, I'm, I'm really tempted to get more into the horror genre and go back and watch some of these films that I've avoided.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what you got to do. You got to listen to an episode and decide. It does help decide to from have there heard about it first if you want to move forward into visual yeah. territory. <laughs> Um, Reza, yeah. thank you so much for doing this. Uh, this was, yeah, thank really, you. really, really delightful. And I just want to ask you about poorly drawn lines in general. I also, mm-hmm. I know. It's uh, a series now as well, and we have Betsy Sodaro on the podcast a lot, and I know she's a voice in it. Tell us a little about, yeah. the, about yeah. Poorly John Lines. Tell us about it.
2: Um, yeah, so it, it mainly has existed as a webcomic for many years. I've been doing it for like a little over 10 years now, and then uh, we adapted it into an animated series um, for FX's Cake. Um, and now you can watch the whole series as a standalone series on Hulu. Um, it's called poorly drawn lines. And yet yeah, stars, Betsy Sudaro is one of the, uh, main cast. Um, we've got Darcy Carden from the good place as one of the main cast. Um, Ron Funches, um, as Kevin, who's one of my main characters mm-hmm. and also, um, Tony Revolori from uh, Spider-Man and uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, and yes, it was a oh. lot of fun to like adapt the comic into a TV series, and I got to write every episode. Um, and so I'm going cool. to do more of it. We're kind of waiting to see if we'll get to make more, Ooh. but if not, I definitely want to do another animated project after this, probably based on like different characters from my comic or something.
0: That's so fun!
1: Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Um, okay, and then where can people find you on online and? Instagram and that kind of thing.
2: You can find me on Instagram at poorly drawn lines instagram slash poorly drawn lines. If you're in browser, more likely you'll just search poorly drawn lines one word on Instagram, and I'll pop up. Um, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at PDL Comics, and I'm on Facebook at um, the page is just called Poorly Drawn Lines, and I'm trying to get on TikTok too, um, but I can't <sighs> secure the username yet. Uh,
1: it's it's a challenge, man. It, yeah. It's it's so hard. It wasn't built for us. Uh, <laughs> we're trying I, as well. It's and hard. It's, it's harder than it seems. Like it should be. It's not
0: <laughs> yeah, intuitive. I mean, it would mean
2: pivoting into video, which is not really my thing outside of like the animation. Um, I don't really <laughs> want to make videos myself. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a
0: lot of work. I don't know how Gen Z does it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. Okay. Great. Well, uh, we've got a lot of freaking accents to choose from here for our sign off. Really do. Um like i said i can only really do deacons i think i could do more but the thing about my accents is i need to get into them and right you need to remember the the lines and yeah when there's a lot of accents happening at once i blend them all together in my mind and sure. so it's gonna be it's gonna be here. but i'm gonna give deacon my best shot here we go okay okay i'm glad i'm glad to think that i'm glad to know that you think i am cool okay <laughs> <laughs> from all of us here too scary didn't watch <laughs>
2: I like
1: that. (laughs)
0: Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating, a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if one episode a week just is not enough for you, head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast to become a patron and receive all sorts of extra goodies from us, including bonus episodes, trailer reactions, and more. And no matter what, we will see you right here next week for another episode. We love you so much. Bye.